Welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's April 25th, 2019, and this is episode 19. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. New in theaters this week is Avengers Endgame. This is from Marvel Studios. This film is the sequel to last year's Avengers Infinity War. And uh, it's, uh, this film is, 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 is going to be big, I think, as we, all, as we all know. I had a chance to see Avengers Endgame a couple of days ago at a press screening. And so I'm actually going to be giving my review I put a spoiler-free review on my blog, which I'll have a link to in, in the podcast notes. But also, please know that in this review I'm doing on the podcast, I'm going to be uh, giving some minor spoilers. I promise I'll keep the big reveals. Uh, uh, I won't say anything about the big reveals. But but uh, please know that, that I, I will be giving some spoilers. So if you want to go into the movie spoiler-free, uh, please... Uh, come back later. <laughs> Tune in later. So, Avengers Endgame, as you uh, know, and is a is really not only is it a follow up to Avengers Infinity War, but it's really a big uh, culmination of of all twenty one. If you can believe it, there's been twenty one films. In this current uh, round of stories from from Marvel Studios, so you know Marvel Studios is is uh, Marvel Comics in-house movie studio. Uh, they launched their with their first film, which was in two thousand eight, was uh, was Iron Man, and uh, they now have made twenty one films. The last, the most recent film was Captain Marvel, which came out last month. But these 21 films have all had a, a bit of a thread in them uh, leading up to, of course, these Avengers stories where everybody comes together uh, and they have been battling this big bad dude from outer space called Thanos. Thanos has been collecting six gems which are referred to as Infinity Stones. And then he places them in this uh, gauntlet. They are this Infinity Gauntlet, which uh, it's named, which is this uh, metal glove. And if he gets all of the stones, uh, it provides him with with, uh, some major uh, power. And what Thanos wants to do is, is he feels that that the universe is overpopulated. And so uh, he uses his power that he gets from the six infinity stones to cut the universe's population by half. And he does it just with the snap of his, with that inevitable snap of his, his finger. And that's where we were left as, as, as the cliffhanger from Avengers infinity war last year, which Thanos has snapped his finger and, uh, Half the world's population is gone, including many of our beloved 
uh, superheroes from from this Marvel Cinematic Universe, which they've which they've created. So uh, the producer at Marvel, who who he, he who runs Marvel Studios, his name is Kevin Feige, and uh, I tell you, I think Kevin Feige and his team have really been on their game and done a masterful job of not only creating a series of really entertaining films overall. I mean, there have been a few misses in these 21 films. But overall, the films have been surprisingly good and, and high quality. And and uh, and this has done a great job in story in storytelling and, and bringing it to this final film. So Avengers Endgame is really it's it's interesting because it's it's a very epic film and that it has a big job it's got to wrap up uh, not only what happened in Avengers Infinity War which was pretty major uh, but also it serves as as a as a wrap up for this current storyline which has been interwoven between these 21 films again starting with 2008's Iron Man and ending with with 2019's Captain Marvel. I've got a list of all 21 of these films on my on my uh, review of my spoiler free review on my blog of uh, Avengers Endgame, with along with links to their Rotten Tomato pages if you want to to learn more or let's just see all the films all the films listed. Uh, but you know it's again it's everything from Iron Man to to uh, the Thor films and the Captain America films, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, you know, Doctor Strange. And also, uh, you know, Spider-Man has been brought back in, brought back into the Avengers fold um, To He's, you know, he's uh, first appeared in Captain America Civil War, but also had his own film, Spider-Man Homecoming in 2017. But anyway, and then, you know, an Ant-Man, etc. So, so uh, these, this uh, uh, story in Avengers Endgame really ha- ha- has a lot. There's a, there's a lot on its shoulders. And I got to tell you, I really think that it delivered. The, the uh, you know, this, it could have gone in multiple directions. I feel like the, the team put together a film that's going to be beloved by fans of Marvel Studios. Uh and fans really of all different levels. So you know, I think the real hardcore fan is is going to be is is going to be happy, and then perhaps the more casual fan too. I think is also going to really enjoy the ride. Uh, the film has really every, you know everybody's back. Uh, all the, all the same actors uh, are back, and of course some of them are are, are missing initially because. With Thanos' snap, they, uh, you know, many of our of our superheroes vanished. So that's really where the film begins. Is is how those people who made it through, the, you know, who who survived the snap, how they're dealing with the aftermath uh, of that, and really uh, just you know the just the sadness and and and, uh, and the horror of it all. And the Avengers know that the, the remaining Avengers know that they uh, have got to find Thanos and 
somehow make this right. And really, you know, the, the tagline is whatever it takes. And, and, uh, they really go, <laughs> they, they go for it. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and with whatever it takes that they are able to, um, put together a really interesting plan. So here's where I get into a little bit of the spoilers. The, the plan that they come up with. So the, I guess it's, it's important to know the, 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 key players that are still, that are still around. And again, these are all played by the same, the same actors, but we've got Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Black Widow, Hulk, Hawkeye, and then a few, so that we've got this six original Avengers, those, those six, then, uh, you know, Avengers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Then we've also got War Machine, uh, Rocket, you know, the talking raccoon <laughs> from the Guardians of the Galaxy films, Nebula, who is Thanos' daughter, uh, Ant-Man, and also we've got the new edition of Captain Marvel, who, as we saw at the end of Captain Marvel last month, um, responds to Nick Fury's um, paging of her that happened just before he was getting vaporized in Avengers Infinity War. So we got assembled a pretty interesting and a pretty capable team to try to figure out what they what they need to do to to uh, to find Thanos and to make the universe right again. So one of the things they decide to do, and it's courtesy really of Ant-Man, is uh, to go into the quantum realm, but to time travel. And so they're thinking if they can go back in time and go back to the points where, uh, the, you know, where the infinity uh, stones were taken or, or, or when the, you know, when the infinity stones were in, in various places that they knew of, then uh, they could, they could stop these events from happening. So it really turns into this incredibly cool time travel movie. And uh, all these different characters get dispersed to different places and so they make some they make some references about about uh, the Back to the Future films in this, and it's really like you know the Avengers uh, meets Back to the Future, and I mean that in the best sense, like the original Back to the Future, which was just you know in my mind just just a terrific film. So it's super satisfying because they they go back in time and they and they. They they basically are going back into a lot of these different, um, you know, movies that we that we know and, and, and enjoy these twenty one movies that that have been part of this this Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, iteration that we're in. So it makes it really fun. They brought in there's lots of fun surprises with the different actors and the different scenarios that, that they go into, and. Uh, you know, I love time travel movies anyway. When they're you know when they're when they're done right, and this one is is beyond. It's just it's it's just really done incredibly well. 
kudos to directors Joe and Anthony Russo, uh, a.k.a. the Russo Brothers. They've been part of the, this Marvel Cinematic Universe for a while. They directed a couple of the Captain America films. And then they also directed Avengers Infinity War. They, you know, they filmed both these Infinity War and Endgame at the same time. In fact, when they originally got these films were originally announced, they were called Infinity War Part One and Infinity War Part Two. They decided to change to change that, and which I think was actually a good idea because Endgame is a very different type of film than Infinity War was. Infinity War, don't get me wrong, I, I thought it was a, a really cool film, but you know, it's 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 a it's a war movie. <laughs> it's it's. Uh, they're, they, you know, everybody's fighting Thanos, and it's, and it's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's lots going down. This, this one is a bit different in tone. Clearly, it's a war movie, and that everybody, you know, they're, they're, they're getting ready to battle Thanos again, or trying to, you know, take him down. But this time travel component makes it more of a love letter to these, these past eleven years of films that have been done with with the Marvel Studios team and how how enjoyable these films have been and uh, just what a great uh, ride it's been. So I think it it comes together in a very satisfying way. Again, that I think it's gonna service both the 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 diehard fan and the casual fan and uh, the movie's long. It's three hours, but you know it has a lot to do. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of ground to cover. I never got bored. I mean, I was aware of the time, but it's it's expertly crafted and supremely entertaining. And I really think you're going to have a blast at Avengers Endgame. So Avengers Endgame is rated PG-13. By the Motion Picture Association of America for sequences of sci-fi violence and action and some language. Um, again, I've got my spoiler-free review out on the blog. There's also some fun posters and things that I that I link to if you like some of this Marvel uh, Studios art. And uh, I hope you'll go have a blast at Avengers Endgame. Cinema Corner, uh, I'm going to talk about the the classic film Gone with the Wind. I mentioned this briefly in last week's podcast, but Gone with the Wind, uh, which is celebrating its 80th anniversary, by the way, it, it, it came out in 1939, but it's it's an it's an important film, of course, in many ways. It's it's one of the all time great Hollywood films. In fact, it's synonymous really with with uh, Hollywood, it is still the all-time box office leader, which is pretty, which is pretty amazing. Adjusted for inflation, it's still the most successful movie ever made, and uh, but it also has an, an, an important history with with 
Turner classic movies, you know, which is just one of my uh, favorite things movie-wise. So uh, Turner Classic Movies, which is celebrating its 25th anniversary as a network, it it uh, started broadcasting on April 14th, uh, 1994. And the first film it showed on the network was Gone with the Wind. And so TCM thought it would be appropriate on the 25th anniversary of the network, so on April 14th, 2019, they showed Gone with the Wind. Also that same day, April 14th this year, uh, it was the final day of the Turner Classic Movie, Classic Film, Classic Movies, Classic Film Festival, uh, which was going on in, in Hollywood. And they also showed Gone with the Wind uh, in the TCL Chinese Theater uh, on, on April 14th. Again, as a, as a tribute to to the 25th anniversary of of the TCM network, one of the really cool things that they did on April 4th. So I was at the film festival on April 14th in California. I opted not to see Gone with the Wind because, again, it's you know it was four hours, and I could see two other films at the film festival. But what I really wanted to do was actually watch Gone with the Wind. On, on TV and maybe sounds weird to not to, to forego an opportunity to see this, you know, amazingly epic film on the big screen. Uh, but I just, it just seemed like more appropriate to me as how to commemorate the anniversary because, um, you know, that's where, that's where, how the network started. So TCM did a cool thing. Ben Mankiewicz, Ben Mankiewicz, uh, you know, who's the host, the primetime host of TCM, Gave a brief introduction, but really what they then what they did was they showed uh, the original TCM host Robert Osborne's intro to Gone with the Wind they, they, that was filmed on the opening night of you know that, that was broadcast originally on April fourteenth, nineteen ninety four. They show both the intro and then what they call the outro, uh, which is the 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 the. Commentary, sorry, the commentary at the end of the film, given by the, by the TCM host. Even though there's no such thing as an introduction, as Ben Mankiewicz says says said in his his little uh, thing, um, that's what you know. That's what that's the lingo. So the intro and the outro by Robert Osborne were so cool. It was on that original. It just brought back a flood of memories. Uh, the original. Uh, TCM set that Robert Osborne used. It was built in Atlanta. Uh, you know, and they filmed they, they they filmed these all in Atlanta, uh, but they you know they made it look like it's this new this really cool New York uh, apartment, and it was just wonderful to see Robert Osborne as as I remember him, you know, vibrant and 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 healthy and so so personable and so knowledgeable. Um, that was, that was just a real, a real treat. Uh, he gave some interesting things. He talked about some interesting things in this original intro to, to, to Gone with the Wind. Uh, a couple of the things that he, that he had mentioned that, uh, I mean, this is all just, you know, well-known history, history of the film, but interesting to recap the, uh, you know, it's based on the famous novel by Margaret Mitchell and Hollywood producer David O. Selznick bought the rights 
shortly after the publication of the book. And, you know, and the book was wildly popular um, in the 1930s. But he bought the rights for the film um, for $50,000, which back in the day was, was quite a hefty sum. The film had uh, a somewhat tempestuous uh, production history, not unlike its, you know, lead character, Scarlett O'Hara, right? Is <laughs> the definition of tempestuous. But, uh, you know, they went through multiple screenwriters on that project, which, you know, isn't necessarily unusual. But they went through all these different screenwriters, including David Selznick himself, who, uh, who contributed to the screenplay. They also went through three directors, which uh, I had, I think I had known this at some point, but it was good to be reminded the original uh, director was George Cukor, uh, who was fired shortly after the production started. Victor Fleming, who uh, was brought in, and he's the one who ultimately gets the credit. Um, but, you know, he had to take a bit of a leave of absence uh, due to uh, exhaustion. And they brought in director Sam Wood. So the quote I found is, as, as of the end of principal photography... Cukor had undertaken 18 days of filming. Fleming uh, did 93 days of filming. And then Sam Wood, who again was just brought in while Victor Fleming took a bit of a break, uh, uh, undertook 24 days of filming. So, so interesting. Uh, regarding the cast, you know, David O. Selznick always had Clark Gable in mind to play the role of Rhett Butler. But the production team went on the, a two-year quest, and I think they made it a very public quest to get also to get uh, the fans interested and involved in what was going on with this film. Uh, but they went on a two-year quest to find the right actress to play Scarlett O'Hara. Of course, they ended up with Vivian Lee, who who is masterful in the role. Um, but the word is that they had auditioned over fourteen hundred women before before Lee was cast. Uh, one other thing that, that Robert Osborne brought up was that uh, of the four principal cast members, so, of course, Vivian Lee, Clark Gable, uh, Leslie Howard, who plays Ashley, and then Olivia de Havilland, um, who plays Melanie, who's you know, Ashley's cousin and, and his wife, um, the only one who really didn't know about the success, ultimate success of the film was Leslie Howard. Leslie Howard sadly died in uh, 1943 during World War II, and he was, he got, he, uh, was killed in a plane crash. And um, you know, he ne he never really. I mean, clearly the film I think was probably a hit from the get go, but but he didn't know that the you know the uh, you know how truly uh, what a what a true hit. It was, or, you know, record-breaking hit. Um, interesting also to note that Olivia de Havilland, she's still alive. She, everybody else, of course, is, has passed away, but Olivia Havilland, she's, she's 102 years old and is still alive. She lives in Paris. So that's, that's, uh, that's pretty remarkable. Then I, I watched the film, and, you know, Gone with the Wind, it's one of those films that I think I probably respect more than, than I enjoy. But I really enjoyed, for the most part, watching it this round. I think mostly I was just 
taken again with with Max Steiner's amazing musical score. Th- that the score is so good in, in the film, so iconic, of course, but but like legitimately good and and, and moving and, and 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 emotional. And then uh, again, really overtaken with the gorgeous and impressive cinematography by Ernest Holler and team. I love those shadow shots. I know that they're a composite shot and they work a lot of magic when they're, you know, they're back looking at Tara and, and uh, also, you know, with, with that really dramatic escape from Atlanta scene with the fire and everything. I just, I mean, that's all great, but then also just really every, every scene is, is so impressive, so epic and, and, just it's it was it was really a, a pleasure to watch. I think the thing you know, and it probably I can't be alone in this. It's probably the or a very universal type of feeling. Scarlett O'Hara drives me nuts as a character. Uh, she, she's so frustrating, you know, her undying love for Ashley and just how annoying she is about about everything. Uh, is is just gets super super frustrating. But ultimately, I guess it makes it just the, even all the more satisfying when finally Rhett Butler has had it and gives his famous line and walks out. And, uh, you know, uh, personally, I never feel sorry for her. I hope that doesn't make me sound like some kind of a heartless jerk. But uh, I guess it just makes the, makes the story all the more all the more satisfying. So I, it was actually great to rewatch Gone with the Wind. Uh, you know, it was also one of my, uh, as I mentioned, one of my films with my TCM Essentials viewing project. So uh, happy to, to, to rewatch it and to learn from it and, and appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be past or present ones. Thanks again. Thanks again.